When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Everybody, we're back with another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation Lakers community. Y'all already know the deal. You can check our workout over at silverscreenandroll.com or follow us over on social at Lakers SBN. My name's Christian Rivas. I'm joined by Grant Goldberg. Grant, how are you feeling today, bud? I'm feeling good. I really don't want to talk about the Lakers loss because <laughs> I tried to do the reverse jinx thing. I acknowledged right. my curse on the team. I think by acknowledging that <laughs> it just made things worse. The Lakers yeah. are now 30 and 35. I just yeah. need to stop talking about the team altogether. Yeah. Things aren't great for our guys. And uh, I mean, they, they lost to the nuggets. I think we should at least mention that they did not win, which is why uh, we don't care to talk about the current state of the team. Uh, right now, again, as Grant mentioned, they are five games back of a 500 record. Uh, and I don't know exactly how many games back they're of um, the playoff spot now. I think it's 6.5 games uh, with 18 games or maybe 17 games left in the season now. I don't know. Regardless, things aren't looking great for the Lakers. Uh, and for that reason, we'll, we're going to jump into... Uh, our mailbag. We try to do one of these every month, and you guys had lots of questions today. Um, and in answering them, we'll kind of gloss over uh, some of the highlights of the game. Uh, and by highlights, I mean highlight, uh, uh, meaning that fourth quarter. So, Grant, you ready to go? As ready as I will ever be. <laughs> okay. Well, great, because the first question we have is actually for you specifically. Uh, it becomes from at heave underscore TYC. And he asked, what does Grant use on his hair? We need specifics. Okay. So I think I have answered this in the past. Um, <laughs> less specific, just uh, I, I called it some blue goop that I put in my hair, but I think it's called like big sexy hair or something like that on the bottle. And so if you want big sexy hair, that's my number one go-to choice. So uh, I don't know if that's helpful. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to work the same for your hair as it does mine. But uh, there you go. There you have it. The secret's out. The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> that's what I put in my hair. Really yeah. important question to start the mailbag <laughs> off with. Yeah, because Grant Grant has like two hairstyles or has had two hairstyles since I've known him. It's it's pretty long right now. But when I first met you, you, you went with the buzz. You went with the clean cut. And uh I gotta say, I like I like the long hair a little more. I understand it gets a little heavy sometimes. Uh, you want a summer cut, shave the head, but the, the long hair looks nice. Grant, stick with that. Thanks, Christian, aka my new girlfriend. I guess <laughs> that's exactly yeah. my girlfriend loves uh, my longer hair that, uh, as compared to my short hair. So uh, that's something you guys have in common. Um, She's not wrong. She is not wrong. All right, uh, our second question comes from at Forty Niners underscore Lakers underscore. Uh, why could the bench keep us in the game longer than the starting lineup? Uh, so this is one, the, one of the highlights I said we were going to talk about. Uh, and I'm, he's, of course, talking about 
the starters just weren't getting it done against the Nuggets. Like it, the energy has been a big problem for a few weeks now. That it guys just don't look like they care out there. Uh, and that tonight was an ex- an exception against the Nuggets, despite it being a, a historic night for LeBron James. We should probably also talk about that. LeBron James passing Michael Jordan for fourth all time on the NBA scoring list. Um, we'll get in, we'll get in more into that later. Uh, but because the starters weren't performing well, Luke Walton made the decision to put like the corpse of the Lakers summer league team out on the floor. Uh, and he rolled with Alex Caruso, Josh Hart, Jonathan Williams, Mo Wagner, um, and then he rotated between Rajon Rondo and LeBron James. And they came within two points after trailing by as many as 23 points. That was, I, I mean, I don't want to say so. If Josh Hart had two working knees, they would have tied the game up <laughs> they at that point. Right, because he had a bunny at the rim. But because he uh, he's battling with that knee tendonitis, he, he jumped. I don't want to say as high as I did because it was probably still a lot higher than I than I can jump. But uh, yeah, definitely not the typical Josh Hart we're used to seeing. Uh, Grant, what did you think of that run? Because uh, to me, it just looked like guys out there having fun playing basketball, which is what the Lakers have been missing, I think, for quite some time now. Okay, well, I mean, the the thing that stood out to me more than anything is that the guys looked like they cared. I mean you see the vets on the roster and they were brought in on these one year deals and they all wanted their playing time. And so they, they got it. They got more than their fair share of playing time. Rajon Rondo still gets more than his fair share of playing time. And so I, I, I'm not one to speak for them and saying that they took it for granted, but these young guys, you know, Alex Caruso, um, Jonathan Williams and, and Mo Wagner, They've been waiting for uh, an extended role, uh, more playing time. It, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say that you know the the old guys don't care because obviously they love basketball. It's their profession. It's you know right. their livelihood. But you know these young guys, you know they want to play too. And I, I think that's what we saw tonight. They had a lot of energy. They were really engaged on defense. Alex Caruso played out of his mind. And, you know, it begs the question, why haven't they been played earlier and, and for longer stretches of time? Jonathan Williams had a, a pretty good opening to the season, but then uh, had a couple, like, bad games and then was just immediately shunned to the South Bay roster. Right. So I don't know why it seems like the younger guys have such a shorter leash than the, the vets, even with Luke Walton saying player development is still... Uh, you know, high priority for the Lakers. Yeah, that doesn't match up with the way that these young guys have been played. Um, when you need to you know, fight and scrap, you need those young legs out there. You need the fresh legs out there. And you know, I'm not so sure that you know Luke Walton has done a good job in getting those guys, uh, those lesser known young guys, out there to see what they can do, to see what fight they can give the team that desperately needs it. Yeah, and I thought. It, it, it's exactly what you said about them just looking like they cared, like, um, you know, playing with that urgency Luke Walton's been asking for and the locker room's been talking about. We, we've heard nothing, uh, but the locker room talk about like, yeah, we got to play with this sense of urgency. We're a few games back in the playoff spot. We know what's at stake. Um, and the only guys that really look like 
they knew what was at stake were those young guys. And you mentioned Jonathan Williams. I thought he did a really stellar job of, of defending the perimeter today, which was uh, was the strength of his earlier in the season with that game against San Antonio and the Marcus Aldridge. Um, you know, just uh, he's a guy you can trust to put on big bodies. I think he still needs to add, uh, but as an affiliate guy to keep around, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get swooped up by next season, uh, I certainly wouldn't mind him getting another look at uh, the Lakers, whether it's in training camp uh, or another two-way contract. Another no, guy that I, really I, impressed. If we can talk Go about ahead. Jonathan Williams just for a second, yeah, I completely, one hundred percent agree. Um, I, I would go as far to say, not even just as an affiliate guy, but on a playoff contending roster, which you know. Hopefully the Lakers are next year if you know, right. everything goes according to plan, which based on everything that we've seen this season unfolding, uh, it probably won't. But you know, <laughs> on, a, on a playoff contending roster, Jonathan Williams could be a really good, you know, 13th, 14th, 15th guy on a roster. You know, end of bench guy comes in, gives you minutes, and you know you don't have that huge drop off from when your stars come out. Maybe you're not scoring as many points, but you guys. You're gonna have a guy that gives you a hell of a lot of energy, and uh, like we said earlier, like I said, like you said, you know, a guy that cares about basketball when he's on the court. So, you know, I'm fully on the Jonathan Williams train uh, that that was derailed earlier in the season <laughs> and now has uh, being put back on the tracks and uh, is picking up steam. Yeah, and I think that element to a roster is really undersold because when you think of a guy or at least the the logic behind signing guys like Lance Stevenson who are sporadic scorers um can create their own shot when when offenses stall out i think having a group of guys like uh you know Alex Caruso, Mo Wagner and Jonathan Williams having a group of guys that don't get to show their stuff a lot is more valuable than having that um spark plug off the bench if you will um with a guy like Lance Stevenson, because you have guys going out there that just want to play the right way, show they belong in the NBA. And in doing that, they, you know, they, they helped the team a ton. And I think that it showed tonight. Uh, one of the guys that impressed me, uh, maybe not as much as Jonathan Williams did. Uh, and I think that probably has to do with the fact that um, Jonathan Williams has seen a little more playing time, uh, at least in extended stretches than Mo Wagner has this season. But uh, Mo Wagner was was good. I think he still has a little ways to go as a three point shooter. But the things I saw from him, the the energy he provided, he was getting in Paul Millsap's ear. Um, got Paul Millsap a technical because of that, and uh, I, I I liked what I saw from Mo. Um, and what what bo- what bothers me, and I know we're we're really beating a dead horse with this, um, is that Mo wasn't given that playing time before they decided to go ahead and ship out Ibiza Zubats for Mike Muscala, who, by the way, was 0 for 2 from 3, and I'm not sure what his numbers have been since he signed with the Lakers from uh, from three-point land, but I, I don't imagine they've been great from why just is, watching. Why is he in the league? Right, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Um, and I do have the numbers in front of me now. Since he's been with the Lakers, he has shot 31.3% on 8.9 attempts per game in six games. Uh, he's not a good shooter. 
I think Oof. Mo should be taking all of his minutes going forward. Do you agree? Look, I, I think they should have been Mo's minutes all along. Right. Um, I don't know why he's on the roster. Like I said, I don't know why he's in the league. Um, and even if he wasn't in the league, he's not making it as a rapper. Uh, I, I just I don't get the point of Mike Muscala on this Lakers roster. The the Zubats trade was a really big head scratcher, uh, especially how public the Lakers were and how vocal they were voicing their need of a uh, big. So I don't know. I, it's making my head hurt talking about it. So Christian, are there any more questions so we can just change the well, subject? Well, yeah, just to get it out of the way, uh, we got a question from at Zach forever or forever asking if we can untrade Zubots. And uh, I wish we could. I'm working but, on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? Um, what are the chances the Lakers actually land a superstar this offseason? Uh, I've spoken pretty candidly about this. I do not think they're going to get somebody this summer. Uh, when you look at the guys that are out there, I think they're either going to re-sign with, with their respective teams or uh, go to a team that's that's not the Lakers. So, yeah, no, I, I don't feel super confident. Grant, do you feel differently? So... Uh, it, it depends what you define as bringing a guy. I think you could bring in Marcelo Huertas. Uh, they could trade for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, the possibilities are endless, and most of the possibilities are bad. Yeah, and I th- the the whole trading thing, all jokes aside, the whole trading to bring a superstar in, uh, whether it's Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, you know, any of those guys, uh, I think that kind of... I think if they do do that, Magic Johnson should probably get some heat because his whole thing was, you know, we're not going to take any shortcuts. We're going to build around the young core and then add superstars in free agency. Um, and if you do that, not not saying that it doesn't take any effort to add stars in free agency, because obviously it does. Uh, you got guys working the phones 24-7, but I'd, I'd go as far as to say that Almost any general manager can gut their team and offer it for a superstar. I think what Magic Johnson said he was going to come to LA to do was to be uh, to become that chief recruiter to get guys to LA. And if he doesn't accomplish that via free agency, uh, I think that's a big blemish on his track record as as president of basketball operations. I, I just I, I had to hold back laughter when you said Magic Johnson should get some heat. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could beat a dead horse again on this podcast, but right. I mean, the roster construction, the way they've handled the Anthony Davis situation, uh, I mean, you name it. I, I think outside of getting LeBron, Magic has really made a lot of head-scratching moves when he's been in the office. Right. And... As far as so, I'll I'll play devil's advocate. I'll I'll try and think of somebody I think could come to the Lakers next season. Um, and to me, the most likely All Star superstar player that would leave their team uh, to come to, like leave any team really, um, is probably Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think Kevin Durant is probably leaving Golden State, but I. Everything I've heard is is him going to New York, uh, and I do expect that to happen. So 
Uh, I if Jimmy Butler becomes available, I can see the Lakers throwing the max at him. Yeah, uh, I I think it was Hani Amadi in that set first, but I think more likely than the Lakers getting a Kawhi or Katie or even Kyrie, uh, it's probably Jimmy or Boogie or both of them. And or like so, Tobias. Ooh, that would actually be really nice. And yeah. I don't know if that happens, but sign me up for that. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a question from at... I, I'm I'm butchering these names, I'm sure, but at Scrouse Scrouse, he asked, "Why did we trade D'Lo for his apparent leadership issues just to draft a player who seemingly couldn't t- tell his own father no? A year later, sign a more toxic, older, more washed version of the same player when we didn't have any max deal lined up." Ouch! That is scorching hot. Um, I think we've been pretty clear on the show. I think Lakers fans in general, even the ones that that were skeptical on D'Angelo Russell uh, before, are are kicking themselves in the head. I think that's the expression um, for for not appreciating D'Angelo Russell while he was here. Because man, I saw a video of him sham godding somebody today, and my <laughs> God, yeah, he's good, man. Like I I know a lot has been made about the Lakers really blowing their the their picks at the, in the lottery. Uh, but Julius Randle's a home run, D'Angelo Russell's a home run, and Brandon Ingram is coming into his own over the past few weeks. So I dismiss all of those notions. Um, TBD with Lonzo Ball, but yeah, D'Lo is a stud. Look, I'm crying too hard to answer this question <laughs> or even acknowledge it. I love D'Lo, and I wish he was still a Laker. I'll end it at that. <laughs> uh we have one. We have one question from Andy Handy sixteen, uh, and he asks, "Why do the Lakers suck?" And I think this is a simple question with a complicated answer. Grant, I'll let you start with that one. Uh, what went wrong with the Lakers? Why? Why aren't we seeing them in the postseason uh, this year? Uh, well, it's it's definitely a combination of things. Um, after signing LeBron, which was obviously a home run, you want you want to sign the best player in the game. And uh, to the people saying that it was a mistake, you're wrong. Second, it starts with every corresponding move after they sign LeBron. Um, I mean, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, as good as he was at the beginning of the year. Um, and then Tyson Chandler after you know his stretch of maybe... 15 games where he's a real big contributor to this team have all sort of, you know, dwindled into this, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, meme team mess, but you know, yeah. they haven't been positive contributors to the team. Uh, Michael Beasley isn't even on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you trade away Avita Zubats. You kind of alienate your young players by very publicly putting them in trade rumors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on. The list goes on. But, you know, and, and not to mention a whole bunch of injuries. And, you know, the Lakers don't have as many injuries as, you know, a, a lot of teams. But I, I think they're, like, middle of the pack. I think we were talking about in the Slack today. But right. the thing is, it's really important players that the Lakers lost to injury. And the Lakers are without Lonzo Ball right now. They were without LeBron James for almost 20 games this season. Um you know, as much as I've ragged on him, and you know, deservedly so, Rajon Rondo's injury left the Lakers without you know a, a good ball handler too off the bench. So, 
Now, there's a lot of you know head scratching decisions, uh, lots of injuries. Luke Walton's definitely struggled this year. Um, that I mean, that's just naming a few. I don't know if I went on went off on too long of a tangent, but <laughs> you know, that's those are just my brief thoughts. Right, and I think a lot of uh, the blame has been put on Luke Walton. And at the beginning of the season, I was like, you know, I don't think it's all Luke's fault. Um, I, I think for the most part, most of the problems they have go beyond Luke. Uh, one of them that you mentioned was the roster construction. Yeah, the Lakers had a ton of injuries, uh, but a lot of teams had injuries. The Indiana Pacers are like the poster boy for for a team losing their superstar and still surviving uh, because of the way they constructed their roster. They have very good like NBA caliber rotation players on their roster. They got Wesley Matthews on the buyout market, convinced him to go to Indiana over a place like LA because they were a legit playoff team. Um, and we saw we saw that with a ton of teams. I mean, Wayne Ellington went to Detroit. Markeith went to OKC. In uh, that roster spot, the Lakers opened up, which was part of the appeal of the Zubats trade, just went to waste. Um, that bothered me a lot. But beside the fact, I think the fact that the roster wasn't made to survive without LeBron James, um, I mean, at, at that point, you, you could almost expect for the season to fall apart as soon as LeBron went went down. And uh, uh, but but going back to Luke, a lot. A lot like Luke gets a ton of a ton of crap. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I think lately, especially, uh, he's kind of earned it. I think the the game against Milwaukee uh, this past weekend, he just he shows like a lack of awareness of the the guys he he has out on the floor. Like I don't trust at this point of the season. I don't trust Luke Walton to put the the five best guys out there uh, that give the Lakers a chance to win. No, it's it's really tough to you know fully support all of the decisions the head coach of the Lakers is making. You know, Luke Walton, you know, for all intents and purposes, were was a great coach for this team last year, mm-hmm. and getting you know the Lakers had the the right guys on expiring contracts, and you know. They had a fun brand of basketball. They got up and down. They tried hard defensively. And so going from that team to this team, I think Luke Walton didn't really get a chance to grow this year. I think LeBron, for as great of a player as he is, kind of you know puts a really hard ceiling on how great a coach could be. Absolutely. Um, you're, I mean, you're as good as your best player, but when your best player is kind of like a pseudo-coach, uh, your impact is kind of limited. And so there, there's a problem right there. I mean, the rotations have been an issue as long as he's been a coach. And, you know, it's been a work in progress for as long as he's, you know, left the Warriors because there's not really a bad rotation you can put out on that team. Um, but, yeah, it's that's my overwhelming, you know, criticism of Luke. And you know, it's cost the Lakers games. Most recently, it cost them the Milwaukee game. Mm. But uh, imagine if the Lakers weren't so injured, and you know those rotations cost them, you know, playoff game. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think Luke Walton ends up, you know, fired by the season's end, which right. is 
a little bit sad. You know, it it kind of caps an era of Lakers basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, as long as Lakers don't bring in a Mark Jackson or a Jason Kidd or there's another name that I'm forgetting that I don't want to coach the Lakers, but um, <laughs> there, I mean, there could be many names, but you know, as long as they don't bring those two guys in, then, you know, fine. So be it. You know, Luke has his flaws. I, I think that this relationship with him between the team and, and the team uh, is beyond repair. And, and I, I think Luke needs a fresh start. The Lakers need a new face. Uh, and maybe they even need new faces in the front office. Yeah, and I think that's probably uh, something that's less likely to happen, but I think if you look at the issues with this team, it absolutely starts at the top. I mean, Luke Walton was a hire of the previous front office, so I guess they, you know, they shouldn't take the fallback on that. But everything else, um, like, (laughs) what's crazy is, it's like almost every move after they signed LeBron James has been bad. Because prior to that, I think the only major blemish uh, on on their resume was that D'Angelo Russell trade, um, which at the time, you know, people were arguing, you know, it could go both ways. Like we got Kyle Kuzma in the trade, which, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But um, I think it ultimately boils down to if the Lakers don't get a second max guy next summer, that D'Angelo Russell trade is a bigger fail than it is currently. Cause the whole point of trading D'Angelo Russell was opening that second max slot. Like people don't understand that the Lakers already had max cap space for LeBron James. They did not need to trade D'Angelo Russell. They didn't need to let Julius around a walk. This was all part of their two max plan, which in their defense, they said might take two summers, but if it doesn't happen this summer, uh, it's that that trade is is probably gonna set the Lakers back a few years to to where they should have been. So um, again, I, I I agree. I think the the problems with the organization start with uh, Magic and Rob. Uh, depending on I, I don't even know honestly. People talk about Magic so much that I kind of forget Rob's there. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> and Rob's uh, the one that's you know in there every day, you know, yeah, actively messing up this franchise. Uh, and so that to to segue into our next question, and we got a, quite a few questions like this, so I'll just um bundle it up. We got a question that asks, "Who do you want coaching the Lakers next season, uh, and who do you think actually gets the job?" Um, I know there are probably more well-versed people out there, uh, than I am with coaching candidates. Uh, I like Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse is really good friends with, uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think he was the G league coach of the year, either last year or a few years before that. Um, I think he'd be a good fit, but I also think the Lakers are probably going to look for, uh, a coach, like an established coach, somebody that can really handle everything that comes with coaching LeBron James. Uh, So I think that's unlikely. If I had to guess who actually gets the job, I'd guess Tyron Lue. I mean, that's not not so bad compared to the least two options that I mentioned earlier. Right, because, I mean, that's who who the Lakers have been tied to over the past few months is Mark Jackson and Jason Kidd. Uh, But I think 
as far as like realistic options that I'd like to see, um, it would probably be Tyron Lue. Yeah. Um, I really like Monty Williams. I don't know if he is ready to be a head coach again, but you know, I think you know he's a good mix between uh, a player's coach and you know defensive coach. So I, I, I think Monty Williams could be a good fit. Um, I know there was talk, like a really loosely based rumor, I think, of Doc Rivers potentially coaching the Lakers next year, which. I thought was super weird and confusing. Right. But if the Lakers were going to poach uh, a head coach from some team, then I'd really like it to be Eric Spolstra. I don't know if he could be had or if some kind of move can be made to get Spo on the bench for the Lakers. But if they could, man, that'd be a lights out hire. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, we, we talked about it in the Slack. Like, if you're going to tamper with any coach or you're going to request permission to talk to any coach, you have to start with Spo because thus far, I think, I, I guess, with the exception of uh, Tyron Lue, uh, Spo's probably the only guy that's been able to, to I don't want to say contain LeBron, but, you know, they had a, they had a good working relationship, even well, though yeah, LeBron. They, and, I mean, they work through adversity too you know, right. through that first season the first couple of seasons in Miami you know that was a, a very you know tense relationship and I think they like grew out of it and then grew together and so you know I think you know that's that's a look I'm getting myself too excited for something that's never <laughs> going to happen so I, I don't know it'd be so amazing to have that you know relationship on the bench between uh, Luke and, and the head coach of the Lakers um, because the biggest compliment LeBron's given Luke Walton is saying that he's the most consistent thing about the Lakers all year. Yeah, dude, I like LOL'd when I saw that. I laughed very loudly because it's like, yeah, Coach uh, Coach Walton has done a great job of existing. Like he's definitely been the most healthy player on our roster this year, and uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's definitely there. Like, yeah, I'll, what else I'll give him he credit. Supposed- he's he's been at every game. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was hilarious. Um, uh, I got two more questions for you, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, and this one is pretty fun, uh, but I think we might have to pull up uh, a roster or a, or a free agent class before we do it. So, at Flight Davis one asks. Fast forward to day one of training camp 2019. What's your best realistic team? Do you want to take this one first or should I? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned before, I don't think the Lakers sign anybody. Um, But I do think there are going to be like very good contributors on the market. Uh, And the first one I'd look at, would probably be Chris Middleton. Uh, and I don't mean like by, by saying the Lakers won't get anybody and then throwing in Chris Middleton's name in the mix. Um, I don't mean that as as a knock on Chris Middleton. I think he's actually better than a lot of the options that are out there and fits better with what the Lakers are trying to do. Uh, but I don't think it's really who the Lakers are looking at. So that's the only reason I say that. I think Middleton would be so good with this team. Um, but Middleton to me is kind of who I want Brandon Ingram to, to mold his game after just a really lengthy and long shooting guard. Um, you know, I, I think he would be a realistic option. Uh, He probably commands the max and 
with the extension, the the Bucks just handed to Eric Bledsoe. It's it's going to be they're going to have to go through some hoops to keep him around, and I think they ultimately will. But we're talking about realistic. Uh, I think Chris Middleton's a name to look after. I'd also look at Nikola Vucevic, a guy that went to USC, is familiar with the area, and uh, the Lakers do need to fill that hole at center. So, um, yeah, so those are are the two guys I'd look at. Uh, And then to fill fill out the bench, if we're talking realistic, if we're talking about the the history of this front office and the moves they've made, I made a joke in our Slack. (laughs) Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I made a joke in our Slack. Um, that I have no inside information, but knowing what I know about the front office, I can 10 out of 10 see Derrick Rose on this team next season. Can we stop the podcast right here? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize to our listeners, like, directly. But, I mean, if if they were okay offering Rajon Rondo $9 million, I, I think there's a 100% chance uh, they offer Derrick Rose a contract, considering not too long ago, people forget this. The Lakers had like it. I don't. Was it a two hour? I feel like two hours short, but they had a meeting with several hours with Derrick Rose uh, in free agency, trying to lure him to the Lakers. And um, Rose passed, thankfully. But yeah, that was a that was a thing at one point, and. One that I expect to resurface this summer. It's going to be like one year, $14 million. <laughs> and I'm going to be uh, so angry. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to upset a lot of people. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll okay, see what so happens. <laughs> I, I think training camp rolls around um, fresh off his and big three MVP season oh the lakers no. signed steve blake oh, okay <laughs> that's not where i thought you were going with that they signed steve blake uh he's starting point guard next to lonzo ball uh, who's just a guard on this team um <laughs> you get vlad rad back at the three position have lebron at the four because there's no way he's not starting <laughs> and then i guess you bring andrew bynum back if you are serious about competing, sign Jordan Farmer, Shannon Brown. You can come to uh, Powell. Shannon Brown's playing in the big three. This yeah, season. no, the, I think Lamar Odom is too. So you could just have all three Lakers on one. Get the team. gang back together, right? Have band Luke. is getting back together in the big yeah. three. Big three have, band. <laughs> have Luke come out of retirement? Play, uh, play that. You know where I thought you were going with the big three is. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, who apparently doesn't even want to play for us anymore. Which the Lakers you know, are so bad, Carmelo Anthony doesn't even want to play for them. That's that's. I mean, it's it's sad, but my God, is this great content so good? Um, the last question uh, we'll end on is uh, a question from at Chris Tiller double O seven, and it's a good one. I think it's a good one to end off on. Uh, and he asked, what is the point of watching the Lakers anymore? Uh, which on the surface is a pretty somber question because it, it, it absolutely is. Uh, but I think I'd, I'd frame it as what do we have to look forward to uh, in these last couple or last handful of games? Like, what are you looking forward to seeing? The season end. 
All right. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very fair answer. Uh, I think I'd lean more towards seeing Lonzo Ball back on the court. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't bring him back. Uh, if he's not close and the, the, they're as far out of the playoffs as they currently are, um, which I think we all expect them to be. Anyway, uh, but having Lonzo Ball back on the court, just seeing the guys together, possibly for the last time in a Lakers uniform, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, just seeing them on the floor, balling out, having fun. Uh, I, I, that's all I want to see um, before the end of the season. You mentioned Brandon Ingram, and I want to apologize to all of the listeners of this podcast because I definitely jinxed and called Brandon Ingram getting hurt after his amazing stretch of games. So if you need somebody to blame for this injury, this particular injury, my at is at R-A-D-R-I-V-A-S, Rad Rivas. And if we're going to use the, the hashtag fire grant with, with this uh, while we're roasting him, hashtag fire grant uh, for jinxing the, because you, you said, and I, I didn't disagree with you. I think anytime a Lakers doing well, uh, they inevitably, uh, inevitably end up getting hurt. And that's exactly what happened with Brandon Ingram happened with Lonzo ball. All right, let's break it down. Lonzo ball. Look to be turning a corner. Got hurt against Houston after right. a stellar game against Oklahoma City. Yep. LeBron James. Beating the Warriors in Oracle. Gets hurt, misses, what, 18 games? Yeah, not great. Brandon Ingram starts to light the world on fire with the scoring and defense and playmaking and instantly gets hurt with a shoulder injury. If you're a young Laker listening to this podcast, <laughs> sit the embrace out. the tank. Yes, yeah, embrace sit. the tank. Right. Yeah. Love of God. <laughs> embrace the tank. <laughs> yeah, because uh, as I look at the standings right in front of me right now, the Lakers are only one game back of having a top 10 pick. Embrace the tank. Get Byron Scott out of retirement. Have him be the interim head coach for the rest of the season. Um, call up Ronnie Price, Marcelo Huertas, do whatever you have to do. Get our tank commander back out on the floor. Let's get this done. Let's get the best odds we can to to get Zion in the Lakers uniform. And Because um, otherwise, well, what are we doing here? We're just putting our bodies at risk every time we step <laughs> out into the court because... Clearly, the Lakers are too good for, I mean, their own safety and just put their bodies in peril whenever they want to make a play. So, note to all the Lakers out there, don't play well, embrace the tank, don't get hurt, Wrap running yourself back in bubble next wrap. year, right. and then enjoy New Orleans. Hashtag embrace the tank. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and we will see you next week. When the Lakers, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we'll talk about next week, but we'll, we'll see you all then.